Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios. So check out all things O'Connor Advisor Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter at Coach Bo Knows Show is our handle. Um, check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. It's the first thing that pops up. You can email us at CoachBonosShow at gmail.com. Today is episode 81, and I'm going to be going along today as I'm um, doing this a day earlier than normal, as I'm going to be out of town this weekend, so I wanted to kind of do a little Coach Bono's rants, put a little content out there today. we got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to jump right in. Uh, I want to first say that we are sponsored and brought to you today by Caesar Sportsbook. Don't forget, if you want to be a Caesar, jump in. It's a great time. we got the NBA playoffs in full swing now. The NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball just kicked off, and a whole lot of stuff you can be putting a little, little, little cash on. So check out the Caesar Sportsbook. Check out the link in the show notes. You're going to get a deposit bonus as well as a couple of free bets from Caesar. So check that out. Be a Caesar and download the Caesar Sportsbook app right now uh, and use our link in the show notes to get your, get your extra bonus. We appreciate Caesars and everything they do for us. I uh, want to jump in and talk first about the breaking news of the day. This just came out. I'm recording this Thursday. Hopefully going to have this out tonight. And uh, the breaking news in the NFL is that the Washington Commanders have been sold. Um, it's not. It's a preliminary, non-exclusive agreement. But looks like uh, the group uh, headed by Josh Harris, who is the founder of Apollo Global Management, um, he has since retired from that. He is managing partner of both the New Jersey Devils and the Philadelphia 76ers. And he was like his bid at $6.05 billion is going to be the selling price for the Washington Commanders. Um, so a few thoughts here. My first thought is I'm glad this is getting done. I really didn't care in the end who bought this team as long as Daniel Snyder was out. Um, it's the Snyder family. Well, let's end the Snyder family. Daniel Snyder has been a horrible owner of the Commanders and their predecessing names uh, for the 22 years he's owned the team. And he he's a disgrace. So it's good to see the Commanders come in. Someone with some experience in, um, in ownership is always a good thing. So we have someone who is, again, managing partner for... Um, the 76ers and the Devils. He also has a partial ownership already in the Pittsburgh Steelers, which he will have to liquidate. He'll have to sell it to somebody else. But um, Josh Harris is one of the people who came in and helped uh, the Rooney family with the Steelers when they had to sell a 30% stake in that in that team a few years ago. Um, so excited to see that. I'm assuming this means that if this is all complete, there is still, you know, dots have got to be, uh, I's have got to be dotted, T's have got to be crossed, all that good stuff. And, you know, there always will be lawyers. We'll never know what's going to happen. But here's where we're at now. Um, I would think that if this gets done, they're talking about May, so it'll be after the draft. Um, you're looking at, you know, new ownership. And I'm interested to see if they do some different things. I was on the Jones report with Tyler Jones uh, uh, earlier today, and we spoke about the the idea of a new owner coming. This is before the news broke, 
an, an idea of a new owner coming in and not just changing uh, the ownership and the everything moving with it, but also maybe changing the name, trying to uh, you know gloss over the past and saying, hey, we want to be different moving forward. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I would assume that the um, Harrisback group has some plans for a new stadium. I know the NFL does not, uh, will not loan money to Daniel Snyder for a new stadium. Uh, for those who don't know, when you're trying to get a new stadium, when you're doing any kind of private money coming from an owner, uh, in the NFL, that gets financed through the league. Uh, the NFL could give you certain monies. It'll also finance certain monies. And the finance committee voted a couple of years ago to not loan Daniel Snyder money for a new stadium in the D.C. area, which is what I think began the process of Snyder considering um, selling the team. I know a lot of people have wanted him out for longer than the last couple of years with a lot of the things that have gone on, lawsuits and issues going back to, um, I mean, for years now. And so it's uh, an interesting look. I'm glad to see that they've got some new ownership coming in, and we'll see how it goes. So uh, good luck to the commanders. The next NFL piece I want to talk about is the signing last week. Um, Odell Beckham is now he has agreed to a contract with the Baltimore Ravens. He has not signed his contract yet. Um, not even the initial offer sheet. How these work for people who didn't get in that in the know. When you when two parties agree to signing the contract. They will sometimes have an offer sheet put together that says that's an outline, basically a three or four page outline of a full contract, and says here's what both parties agree to moving forward, to, and then into a formal player contract. Odell Beckham has agreed to a one year, fifteen million dollar uh, contract with the Ravens with up to three million dollars in bonuses, and of course I think a lot of people when they heard this. Um, thought, well, this means that the Ravens are going to sign, are going to make a deal with Lamar, this makes Lamar Jackson happy, gets him a number one receiver, all the above. Well, turns out, reports are today that since the, the signing or since the agreement, there's been no communication between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And Odell Beckham was not given assurances that Lamar Jackson would be there. So I still find this very interesting to see if, one, Odell Beckham signs his contract there, or, two, what this means for Lamar Jackson moving forward. And I have some thoughts. I'm going to throw this out there. This whole Ravens situation around Lamar Jackson has been really, has been done very poorly. I want to go back to when there was, you know, the contact at the end of the year, would Lamar play those last few games? And Lamar's been attacked, and I think wrongfully so, for not playing maybe a game or two when he maybe could have. But this franchise has not been good to Lamar Jackson. And what I mean to them, mean about that is Lamar Jackson is the franchise quarterback. He has been an MVP. He is 27 years old. He is a model citizen. I'm going to be real blunt. He's a young African-American kid in a city in Baltimore with a high African-American population. 
a high percentage of African-Americans who are season ticket holders, I don't think if you're the Ravens, you can find a better fit for your franchise. And plus, he's a really damn good quarterback. I mean, there's 25 teams right now in this league that would flip-flop with you right now to take that quarterback. Don't believe me? Just go ask them all. There's plenty that would. I mean, unless you've got Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or maybe Justin Herbert, um, you would switch tomorrow to take Lamar Jackson. And again, none of the off-the-field issues. The guys have been a model citizen. Um, I, I love Lamar Jackson. I think that this is a, would be the best thing the Ravens can do. So you got to think of this a couple different ways, is my thoughts. Is One, I don't like what they've done to Lamar. Two, how does that look to the rest of the locker room? If you're in that locker room, you're one of those 53 guys, and you're seeing the team won't commit to the guy they drafted in the first round, who's been a model citizen and MVP and plays his ass off, then if they won't commit and do right by him, what makes you think they're going to do right by you? If I was anyone who had any kind of value, I'd get out of Baltimore as soon as possible. I mean, as soon as I possibly could, just out the door. I just wouldn't deal with it. And I think that that's a big problem with where we're at right now is that the Ravens have misstepped so hard. Now they go get Odell Beckham. They don't give any – they tell Odell Beckham, well, we'll give you $15 million for the one year. That's probably the most money Odell Beckham got offered, frankly, for one year. And so he's going to take the money. But again, he's going to want assurances. Because think of it this way, if you're Odell Beckham, if you're going to a one-year deal, you're going to Baltimore, and you don't have the assurance that Lamar Jackson's your quarterback, then why would you put your potential future and your potential future earnings at stake by going into a poor situation. Would it be better for Odell Beckham to take less money this year, go somewhere with a better quarterback, and then cash in next year? So on the Odell Beckham thing, I do think that I see what he's doing. He's taking the most money he can take in a one-year deal. I do think that's sort of what's going to be Odell Beckham from here going forward. I think you'll see him sign one- or two-year deals, kind of jump from franchise to franchise. Uh, the, the, what I see is I see Odell Beckham being a wide receiver version of what Darrell Rivas was at the end of his career, uh, Deion Sanders at the end of his career, where still playing at a top quality, especially Rivas, playing at that top, top end. But because of an age, because of a couple of injuries in Beckham's case, He's going to have to be kind of a hired gun. And if he goes out there this season and plays well, he'll get another contract somewhere else next year. So I understand where Beckham's coming from. Boy, if I was, though, I would be the guy. I would want to, if I was Odell Beckham, have some guarantees that Lamar Jackson's my quarterback or have a real good feel for who this quarterback is going to be moving forward. And I'm not sure that the Ravens know that right now at all. As far as what the Ravens ought to do with Lamar is I do think that the Ravens should get a deal done. I mean, they should go ahead and pay him. Um, I have said here on this podcast, I've said on Tyler's podcast, I've talked to other people about it here and there as well. I think this is collusion. 
I think this is partially the Ravens to blame, but I think it's also the NFL owners are saying we don't want to give fully guaranteed contracts to our quarterbacks. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, I saw Peter King in an interview from Sports Illustrated earlier on an interview from NBC saying that, uh, well, Lamar's been hurt and he's missed games in the end of the season each of the last two years. You can't give him a guaranteed contract. And I'm going to call bullshit on that. And the reason I'm going to call bullshit on that is that I'm going to call bullshit on that because, frankly, every quarterback could get hurt. That's just, that's just part of the game now. Even Patrick Mahomes has been hurt. Joe Burrow has been hurt. Everybody's been hurt. So, I'll, and I know his style as far as Lamar's style is more about running and he's going to get hit a little more. But, frankly, you know what you got when you got with him. And then also with Lamar, I call bullshit on the idea that you can't pay him. Because down in Cleveland, they paid Deshaun Watson, who sat out for a year because of off-the-field issues. And he's nowhere near the player Lamar Jackson is. I have a real hard problem with the elite, anybody in this league saying you can't give a deal to Lamar Jackson like Deshaun Watson got. I call complete and complete bullshit on that. So... Um, if I was the Ravens, the Ravens are not in a good situation right now. And whether this is their own making or some sort of collusion, I think it's a combination of both. Um, I do think that what they have to consider here now is where do we move forward? The Ravens also have their hands cuffed. They can trade Lamar Jackson, but they're not going to get anything more than two first-round picks for him. Now, I bring up, that seems like a lot. Deshaun Watson was traded for three. If someone wants to trade way up in his draft to get one of these four young quarterbacks, who I'm going to talk more about next week with Uncle Rico, um, it, you're going to need two or three to get up in that top five to get, a, to, get to, go, to get one of those quarterbacks. I really think the issue now is the Ravens are going to get a fair amount coming back. They haven't chosen to pay him. But by giving him the non-exclusive tag, they're allowing somebody else to offer sheet him, meaning that he can go visit with somebody, say, yeah, I'll take an offer from you, and the Ravens have to match it if they want to keep him. If not, they get two first-round picks. If I were one of these teams looking for a quarterback, and I'm going to mention a couple of names, if I'm the Raiders, if I'm the Patriots, if I'm a couple of the teams I would wait until after the draft day. Lamar Jackson has not signed his franchise tender. Uh, what that means is, for those who don't know, again, it's he has to sign the deal saying that he'll take the $33 million for the one year. If he doesn't sign it, he can hold out for the entire season and he'll be a free agent at the end of next year. And the Ravens will get nothing for him. So right now the Ravens are looking at this. They've got three outcomes. You can sign Lamar and he's your quarterback. You can go to a holdout situation where he's not signing the tender, he's gone, you get nothing coming back. Or you can trade him. Well, we know if an offer sheet is two first-rounders, a trade's only going to be two first-rounders. No one's in their right mind would pay more. So if I'm one of the teams that's considering this, 
I'd consider getting the contract together, get figuring out how much money I can pay Lamar, talk to him and say, hey, we want to do this, but we don't want to sign you till after the first round of the draft. And the reason being, I wouldn't give up a 2023 first round pick this close to the draft. The reason I also say that is that you know if you add Lamar Jackson, your draft status is going to be worse next year. You're not, if you're a top 10 pick now, top 15 pick, let's call it even, you're not picking in the top 10 or 15 next year if you have Lamar Jackson. Your team's going to improve. Your draft pick's going to worsen. So stick the Ravens with two shittier picks for their stupidity. So if I'm one of these teams like the Colts, like uh, the Colts have been the teams talked about it, the Colts or the Raiders, the Patriots, I would not make this, I would not do an offer sheet on him until we get to after the first day of the draft. I want my first round pick this year. Then we'll play around with it. So that's just my thoughts on that whole Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens situation. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Another situation coming up, I think is going to be interesting, is Saquon Barkley has not signed his franchise tag yet and says he's not going to. Um, I was a supporter, and we all know, if you listen to me, you know that I'm a, I'm a player-first guy. I do think the New York Giants did the right thing in franchising Barkley and signing Jones to the long-term contract. And the reason why has to do more with position and money more than anything else. Daniel Jones gets a four-year, $40 million a year. I think two or three of those years are guaranteed. That's the cost of doing business. That's what's going to cost for a quarterback moving forward, about $40 million a year for the top half of quarterbacks in the league. The Giants believe they have that. So if they can make the deal, get the extension, he's extended four years, boom, that's, that's cash money. Meanwhile, you have a running back who the – Franchise tag will puts him at, and I gotta have the number in front of me. I believe it's either nine or eleven million. I know it's one million off of ten, and I can't remember which way it was. I think it's eleven million. Now that I think about it again, you know you have to pay Barkley eleven million dollars. But I've always said in football today, running back is the most replaceable position on the field. And that's not a knock on Saquon Barkley. I am so happy for Saquon Barkley on how well he's played the last two years since he's come back from his injury. I think he was an MVP candidate for most of this season, um, really for all the season, if you ask me. I think that he was a big piece of why the Giants improved, and he played spectacular. I think he's a top five running back in the league, maybe a top three. Probably he's a running back, and you just don't give them long-term contracts. I'd like to see the Giants say, hey, Saquon, here's a two-year deal at 14 mil per year or 13 mil per year. Let's keep you happy. Let's keep you in the system. But I do think the Giants would be worse off without Saquon Barkley. But you also would be even worse off if you didn't have a quarterback. And that's what could have happened with Daniel Jones. So I get why they did what they did. I feel bad for Saquon Barkley, and I think that there's not, a, not as much leverage for him as there is like for the Lamar Jackson thing, just simply because of position. And that's, that's too bad. It's unfortunate, but that's where we are in the game today. And so I, that's why I think the Giants made the right decision. But I do think that 
in the end, I feel bad for the player. Real quick, also, I want to mention another great sponsor for our podcast, and that is Stitch Fix. Guys, if you are, we're in springtime now, sun's out, we're getting a little longer days, get a little warmer outside. Who's put on their clothes from last summer and either they're not quite as well fit or maybe they don't look quite as good? Got to freshen up your wardrobe. A great way to do it is with Stitch Fix. I love Stitch Fix. I get a box every month because I hate shopping. I get my Stitch Fix box, I open it up, I check it out, I try everything on. If something doesn't fit right, send it back. If something doesn't isn't quite my style, send it back. Otherwise, I've got some new stuff, and stuff usually I wouldn't think about going to buy. Hell, I don't even know where to go shopping nowadays. So I love Stitch Fix, and the, the, the pricing on Stitch Fix, I find it to be very fair and very competitive. Um, in my case, I spend right around $200 on a box, um, and usually you get a pretty good discount if you keep everything. You get like a 30% discount. So if everything fits and everything looks good in your box, your five or six items you're going to get, you can keep them all. Um, I love Stitch Fix. I think it's a great way. You can do it monthly. You can do it quarterly. You can do it semi-annually. Or you can just do it whenever you want. There's a Stitch Fix app. Check it out. Check the link in our, again, in our show notes. You'll save $25 on your first box. And also, that helps us out, lets us know we can keep this thing moving. And Stitch Fix is a great sponsor. So check them out. Go to our, sh- our link in the show notes. Download the Stitch Fix app and use our code to get in there. Save yourself $25 in your first box. I appreciate it. And uh, check out, check out, we thank them for sponsoring the podcast as well. A couple last things I want to check into. And we are a couple of weeks into the baseball season. Now, I did not put out my full predictions for baseball i did them but i did not get them on the podcast so you know as you guys know i was out for a couple weeks um i'll run through them real quick if you want me to actually i'm not gonna run through them all but a couple of things was i will say my world series was toronto blue jays and the um la dodgers um right now i don't know how the dodgers the dodgers are not doing as well as they should be the blue jays are looking fine but they're right behind, but right now they're playing behind the Rays, who are playing incredible. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I did pick a couple of things. My big reach for the year was I did pick my MVPs were Mookie Betts in the uh, National League and in the American League. For the first time in a few years, I did not pick Mike Trout and I did not pick Otani. I picked Adley Rutschman from the Orioles. And I told people, if you've been checking it out, check out the Baltimore Orioles. This is a team that's getting better and better and better. A young, young team. Um, that American League East is a monster between the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Orioles, and now the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays, as of recording this, just won their 13th game in a row. They're starting the season 13-0. Hasn't happened since 19, oh, was it 1997? I think it was the last one that they said earlier. Um but 13 and 0, they are hitting bombs everywhere. I have I don't know where this power came from from the Rays lineup, but everybody's hitting home runs. I don't know. If you want to go hit a home run, get a deal with the Rays, and right now you'll hit a home run too. I think you can wheel up, you know, 90-year-old man, give him a bat in a Rays uniform, he'll hit a home run. It's amazing what's going on in Tampa. Um, I watched the last four games, they just swept my Red Sox over four games, and it, it wasn't even competitive. I, the Rays team is so good. 
Um, I did predict they were going to go to the playoffs. Originally, my playoffs were the, um, the division winners, which I have Houston in the West. I have Minnesota in the Central. Um, the Jays in the East. And then the other ones I have the Yankees and the Rays and Baltimore. I had the three all coming from the American League East. Um, I had the Red Sox finishing last. Yes, my own team. I picked them last. They're not good. Um, but yeah, some interesting stuff there. Check it out if you get a chance. Um, craziness, I mean, can I believe 13 and 0? That's phenomenal. I mean, you're looking at like now 8% of the season and to be undefeated. And they're really what we're seeing standings right now is everyone's kind of within one or two games of 500. And then you have this one anomaly sitting at 13 and 0. And uh, it's going to be hard to come back against that Rays team. So I think you'll be playing from behind a lot. Speaking of playing from behind, a team that's going to be playing from behind all season is the Oakland A's. This is a goddamn disgrace. Have you ever... Most people who are my age in our 40s have seen the movie Major League. I think that the Oakland A's are doing a Major League. What I mean by that is I don't know that they're trying to lose, but they ain't trying to win either. This is not a good team. Um, horrible roster put together. I mean, I'm looking at the, the roster right now, and there's a couple guys I like on this team, um, but they don't have a real a real Major League Baseball, like, like a captain, so to speak. They don't have a real three or four hitter. Um, I mean, I'm looking at guys like Jesus Aguilar. Um, uh, who was the one I was looking at? Uh, Ramon Lariato. These are fine players. Those two players are good players. They're guys who on a good team hit six, seven. Uh, Jesus Aguilar had a couple of years where he was just bombing stuff when he was involved, when he was in Milwaukee. Uh, and Lariano's been, unfortunately, been in Oakland most of his career, and he's the best player on that team right now. But this team's awful. I mean, awful, awful. This might be the worst roster I've ever seen constructed. And I don't know if it's because the A's want to move to Las Vegas or if they just want to try to get this new stadium in Oakland. I know the one stadium's been voted down already. You know, the, there's a lot of talk within the ownership of the A's. They, they do want to follow what the Raiders did and move to Las Vegas. Of course, Las Vegas would love to have a baseball team. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But right now... If you look at this in the standings, uh, in the American League West, they're in last. They're 3-10. They have the worst record in baseball, and they're not even competitive. Um, they've scored 51 runs in 13 games. They've allowed a league-leading 101. And 101, to give you an idea, the next worst in the entire major leagues is the White Sox at 77 in 13 games the A's have 30% more runs allowed than every other team to the next worst team the averages I'm looking at it is somewhere in the 50s or, or low 60s so I mean this is just ridiculous so if you want to wake up your bats go play either for the Rays or go play against the A's um, a couple of other things I noted I just wanted to kind of get into early in the season here in Major League Baseball. Uh, I talked about the Rays, talked about the A's. Uh, is the parody, a lot of parody. 
Um, I think almost every team in baseball is within two games of 500 outside of the A's and the Detroit Tigers. Um, the Royals as well. Those are your worst three. From there, it looks like everyone's going to be in some sort of a race, and we'll see what happens. It's hard to predict anything after 13 games. You're looking at a 162-game schedule. But we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, now we're in a nicer time. You know, again, sun's out, springtime. Get out to the ballpark if you get a chance. I know I'll be heading out. I'm going to Houston this weekend. I'll be at the Astros game on Saturday. I uh, might be at Sunday Night Baseball as well, so we'll see. Uh, but we'll check out some games, and I hope everybody else gets a chance. Even if your team's not great, go check it out. Uh, get out there and go watch teams. Have some fun. Enjoy baseball. Um, last thing I want to touch on, and this is just a kind of a personal one here. I uh, was really distraught to read this earlier in the week. Um young man named Michael Jefferson, who's a wide receiver from the University of Louisiana, a football player who was actually about to go into the draft, uh, was in a car accident in Mobile, Alabama this week on Tuesday. Uh, doesn't look good. He's, he's going to make it, I and mean, he's going to live. Um, but he's torn up uh, both his legs. He's going to have to have multiple surgeries. This was someone who was going to be considered a sort of a mid-round pick. Um, I've seen Michael Jefferson play. He's a talented, talented young man. And I think it's going to be someone who was going to be on an NFL roster this season. I don't know that that happens now with this injury. And so my thoughts and prayers are with him and what's going on with him. Um, just sounds like it's an unfortunate deal. A head-on collision. Someone hits his car. Uh, we haven't heard anything about toxicology reports or anything. Looks like he was cleaning the deal with somebody else. May not have been. The driver of the other car actually died. Uh, didn't have a seatbelt on. Luckily for Jefferson's case, he did. So uh, my heart goes out to um, Michael Jefferson, his whole family. It's just a terrible situation. Again, you're just weeks away from being drafted in the NFL, and you get that deal. Uh, that happens. Just a rough, rough deal all around. So uh, keep giving my thoughts. Just wanted to do a few rants. So we're going to have a quick one today. Uh, I want to say thanks again to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Hey, check it out. Thursdays, uh, the Tyler Jones Report where Tyler Jones comes out. I'm on each week, almost every week. Now it is every week. And I'm doing what they call the, pro, the Coach Bo's Football Fix. We're talking football. We're talking a lot of draft stuff the next couple of weeks. Uh, we got into a pretty good discussion this week about quarterbacks and the quarterbacks in this next draft, which I'm going to cover on next week's podcast as well. Uh, we got into a pretty um, hefty argument when I made a bold uh, comparison, as you'll say. I'll leave that dangling for next week. Um, but check out the Jones Report as well here on Studio Soapbox. Hey, most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener. We appreciate everything. If you're enjoying the show, give us a five-star rating, whether that's on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate every five-star review. Also, if you know somebody that may enjoy it, share the show with them. Uh, check us out on, on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. I'm always sharing some different articles, sports-related on there, some of the items. And we're going to do a little more of that in the next few weeks as well as we get a little more into that, talking about where we're going moving forward. So uh, until next week, uh, thanks again. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Remember, your time tokens are non-refundable. 